We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. We at BlueWire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Bearcast. We're back with another week of no sports. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Huang, with my other host, Andy Johnston. How you doing, my friend? Good, good. Last time I had a cough, this time I have a cough. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's good though. How's How uh I'm I'm not I'm not too shabby. How's uh how's quarantine life? Oh, let's not talk about that. I watched a football <laughs> game last night, <laughs> and it was glorious. It was great. I was like glued to the television, even though I was at that game. Yep. So just to be in the stadium, or like, again, or have that feeling of just like watching football and watching sports and watching Kirk, Her- uh, Kirk Street and Brent Musburger be just hilarious. Man, I miss when Musburger like had a brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> And it's so good. He has great calls. And those are like, I remember, I mean, I used to watch all of those like Saturday night on ABC, you know, like, or ESPN. And, but I think it was on ABC and uh, ESPN, they like simulcast it. Yeah. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was so good. It was just good to be back. I was like, damn, I remember this. I was like, this is what Rob always talks about on the podcast of like, remember when Memorial was packed? And, like, people cared about football. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Last night, I really remember that. I mean, that's that's like a spoiler spoiler alert for what we're going to talk about today. If it's not, if you haven't noticed in the title of the podcast is, you know, we, we figured we had nothing to talk about. Uh, but we wanted to give our listeners some content to maybe take their mind and their their audios off of the news and some other things just for at least a, you know, 45 minutes to an hour or so. And so we figured we'd do a series on vintage Cal games and just rewatching them kind of doing like a game breakdown of how we do our regular season games, but with old Cal games that, you know, either one, we didn't watch on TV or uh, two, like what we're not Cal fans or did not attend Cal football games like at that time. So, I mean, that's different for me and Andy because we'll talk about it in a little bit. But um, yeah, so the first game we have on this is the 07 season opener against Tennessee. And so I'm going to go through this as if uh, we you know we just played the game yesterday. So here we go. September 1st, 2007, number 12, California host number 15, Tennessee at home in our set the Saturday night primetime spot on ABC. Um, and it was a decently, I think it was a what, like a five o'clock kickoff or 
Yeah, five fifteen kickoff. Um, Cal beats Tennessee forty five to thirty one. Led behind Justin Forsett's. Uh, let's see what were his stats here, my friend. Uh, Justin Forsett had hundred and fifty six yards gained on the ground and a touchdown and a long run of twenty. Receiving wise, Lavelle Hawkins had seven for ninety yards. Deshaun Jackson four for forty five. Uh, Cameron Moore, 3 for 27, and Robert Jordan, 2 for 14. Uh, Lavelle Hawkins also having a touchdown. The highlight, of course, from this game that most people remember is, one, the Zach Follett uh, sack on uh, then-Tennessee quarterback Eric Ainge, and also the the video game-esque, out-of-this-world punt return by Deshaun Jackson uh, early in the second quarter. And, my God. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean... Let's let's talk about the gen like basics of this game. Andy, were you working with the team? Like, what was your experience? Do you remember this game day and like that? Just the what are your memories behind this game? Yeah, no, I wasn't working with the team, but I did see my buddy Chris on the broadcast. So like, right <laughs> after I was gonna say this for later, but like, shout out Chris Vargas, um, and he and I worked with the on the team together uh, in '09, and. Um, yeah, so basically, like, Deshaun houses that kick, and, 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 like, literally, they break out a commercial, and all they show is, like, Nandi coming up and dapping up Deshaun, and then in comes Chris dapping up Deshaun. So I texted him last night. I was like, dude, I just saw you on the ESPN broadcast. Like, were you working with the team in 07? He's like, yeah, 07 to 11. And I was like, well, did you, I just saw you dap up Deshaun after he scored the touchdown. He's like, yeah, that's because I told him in practice that he was going to return one. So I went over to him and was like, yeah, uh, I told you. And he goes, yeah, I know. And that's why he's nodding his head. I was like, okay, that's pretty dope. Like, if that's your highlight reel, that's pretty awesome. So um, amazing. I was not with the team. I was not in the student section. We were actually in my dad's season tickets at the time, which were not where they are now. Uh, which So it was behind one of the goalposts. Um, and in like the 10th row. And I remember specifically that that was the loudest football game I've ever attended in my entire life. And I stand by that. So much so that Musburger says it and he says, this is the loudest cow crowd I've ever heard. And like, I went to Autzen and Autzen was pretty crazy loud that year, but nothing has really ever topped memorial in that game not going to what the horseshoe uh at the ohio state game you know like being at any uh sort of pac-12 game that i've been to like this this tops it it was just electric and it came totally through the broadcast which was just like awesome to have that kind of reaffirmed you know because what 13 years ago my memory is terrible (laughs) (laughs) i mean for you and me both right this was this was, I mean, our first, like, college game. Uh, for me, like, this was, like, my first... This was my first American football game, like, in person. Um, and, wow, what a standard this game set. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, like, do you remember what it was like? Like, just... just I mean, because you and I both did not watch this on TV. We were both there, and... I remember you telling me earlier this week that this was the first time you'd seen this game on TV. And the same for me. This is the first time I'd rewatched the... Like, I'd seen the Deshaun punt return highlights on YouTube and stuff, but this was the first time I'd seen the, the full game um, in like on TV with like the replays and everything. And man, like... It, I mean, it still doesn't do justice of what it... What at least my memory serves me as what it was like to be there that night. And I wonder if that was the same for you when you were watching. Like, did it, I mean, you did say it reaffirmed it, but like, does it still do it justice if you weren't there that, that evening? What, um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I thought so. I was hyped. I, but I haven't watched a sports events. Like I haven't done anything <laughs> in regards to watching a sporting event since this quarantine began. So that's my first time watching <laughs> besides a marble race, <laughs> an actual sporting <laughs> event. So I sort of felt like, yeah, I, I got, I was, I was juiced. I mean, I was tweeting out pictures of Memorial being packed. Um, it was fun for me. I think it was really fun for me to revisit because 
all of the uniforms they're wearing were the same uniforms that was was like that I was with the team with. Yeah. Like the renovation of the stadium. Uh, somebody on Twitter like tweeted at me about the portable lights. Like I used to turn those things on and off. Um, <laughs> and then like the the carts, seeing like my former boss in the end zone celebrating after a touchdown. Like it was just like I saw KP. Like there's players that I was around. Rulon Davis. Like all these guys. Yeah. Like Rulon. Um, I think he ended up having an injury and gray shirted like because he was on the team when I was there as a junior but he was listed as a junior that freshman year so he must have had you know something of eligibility but like there's just like a lot of guys that I'd kind of forgotten about you get to see like Tyson Alawalu and young Cam Jordan and just like it's it was awesome and like Javid coming in as like the jet and I was like, oh. anyways I'm getting too far along <laughs> I, I thought it was great I uh, I loved every minute of it um and it kind of came at a perfect time i had a blast it was long dude football games were long back then yeah that was like three hours without commercials yeah so that was also interesting do you remember do you remember that i i went back to the history books and i went back at that day like do you remember who the number one team in the country on that game day was lsu it was actually usc Oh, by, yeah, yeah. Led by yeah. John David Booty. Oh, um, yeah. And do you remember what the biggest upset that day was? Yeah. Michigan. Right. Appalachian State. Appalachian State. That was and Lloyd Carr's final season as the Michigan head coach because he retired after that season. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like just seeing that, like – just seeing all those things on the ticker and like you know those little like game breaks where they go into the the other games like yep. you know they went to Boston College for a second it was like Matt Ryan was still quarterback there they went to Georgia and Matthew Stafford was the was a freshman quarterback there I saw on the uh, the little ticker on the bottom Ray Rice had like four touchdowns <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. like all a throwback it was yeah. yeah it was cool yeah Brome was still the quarterback at Louisville. Like he's he's now what is he a head coach or an offensive coordinator now? Um, like it's it's crazy. Um, I guess we'll I we'll get into it right away. I mean, God, dude, the amount of NFL players that played in this game. <laughs> like I just went. I'm looking at the stat book and I'm like just going through just the, even just the cow side of things and like just looking at the names. Right, like we got uh, Craig Stevens. Deshaun Jackson, Lavelle Hawkins, uh, Alex Mack. Uh, who else we got? Tyson Alualu, uh, Zach Follett, Thomas Deku, Shaq Thompson. Um, no, no, Sidquan Thompson. Oh, sorry. But I Sidquan. don't think Sidquan ever made it to the league. Sidquan did play in the league. He played for Broncos? the Broncos. He played oh, for the yeah. Broncos for oh, like yeah. a season. Uh, Jeremy Ross, Cameron Mora, Javid Best, Robert Jordan. Forsett. Uh, Forsett, Mike Muhammad. Yeah, uh, I'm like going through the list here, and I'm like, is I don't think any... Warrell or Felder ever made it to the league. Yeah, I don't think Warrell or Felder did. Chris Conti, uh, freshman, yeah. Cam Jordan, uh, Will Will Taufo. I still don't know how to say his name correctly. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it. Um, yeah, and yeah. then you and then you also look at like Tennessee, right? You had like Arian Foster, <laughs> dude. Arian Foster was absolutely ridiculous in this game the fact that he did it like his draft tape like it's just amazing watching this game and that would never happen that guy on that tape alone is going first or second round yeah it was ridiculous it was unbelievable i was like this guy is he's insane he was at wide receiver he's at running back they're doing wildcat i was like this is nuts and then also it was really interesting that tennessee is running like two tight end sets which is like what we're going to see next year so i was like oh i expected to see maybe more of like the cow like cow the cow i was like yeah actually you could kind of map what tennessee is doing on offense and say i think that's what cal is going to try and do and it might mirror that season when the Raiders... No, 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 no. That's way off. But anyways, um, when was Musgrave with the Raiders? Uh, just recently, right? With... Uh, this is Jack Del Rio. Yeah, it's Yeah, the end of Jack Del Rio in the first year of... Uh, what's his name? Gruden. 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 Oh, oh. The first year Gruden. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Um, anyways, it was it was awesome. The talent on the fields, dude. Eric Ainge was unbelievable. I had no idea. I had blocked that out of my mind. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, we smashed you. You broke your back, and then it wasn't a close game. And then I rewatched. It was like I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> it was a very close game, and he went absolutely bananas after getting wrecked by Zach Follett. Um, and barely, like it took him to what the second quarter or something like that until he missed a pass. Yeah, maybe like late in the second quarter it was insane. I was like, who he is was, this guy? He was arguably the better quarterback in the game. If I'm just looking at it, oh just from what I, from what I saw, he was way Without better than with what Longshore was. I mean, Without look at this like stat line, right? 32 of 47, 271 yards, three touchdowns, uh, sacked once. Nate Longshore's line was 19 of 28. 241 yards, two touchdowns. Like, but I mean, I, I, yeah, I had totally blocked out like that Ainge was actually good. And like rewatching that broadcast and the hype surrounding him, like Herb Street was saying that he was like projected to be like a late first rounder and even with a good year could be pushed into the top, you know, in the top of the first round. I was like, he never panned out that way, but man, he was a really good college quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had, you know, a ton of hype because of Peyton and all that. Yeah. So that I mean, and he had the look too. You know, he's yeah. big. Like got six six. What is yeah. what did it say? Six six. Like two two thirty or two forty. He had touch. He had yeah. You know, cannon. Like he he was, he looked good. Um, and then yeah, Eric Berry. Like seeing yeah. Eric Berry young as a Eric freshman. Berry. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, see this freshman Eric Berry. Best corner in the country. They're really excited about him in Tennessee. Like, yeah, 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 of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and then like Patriots uh, stalwart linebacker Gerard Mayo. Yeah. Like, I think he's their linebackers coach now with uh, with the Patriots. So really? that's crazy to see. Uh, Robert crazy. Ayers. Uh, like, <laughs> like it's it's crazy just just looking at um, all the stuff that happened in the game. And I I guess I want to touch on that point too. Is like. Yeah, this game felt, or looking at my memories, it didn't feel like this game was ever, like, out of our hands. But, like, this game was a lot closer and could have gone a, a very different way had a certain certain couple of things happened. Yeah. Um, and I just want, I, I just wanted to ask you, like, like, what do you think of, like, that, that first half compared to that second half? Because the first half was very, like, we score, they score, we score, they score. And then the yeah. second half kind of felt like there was a bit of a change, but I wanted your take on that. Well, it was interesting because, like, I just – it just goes back to, like, how funny memory is because my memory of it was, like, this, you know, kind of, like, dominant – like, when we went up 17, I was like, yeah, this is the this is the game I remember. You know, we kind of dominated and then coasted to the finish. Uh, and that first half, I didn't remember the defense playing as bad as they did. There are yeah. a lot of bad reads in the secondary, like – bunch of arm tackles it's so funny that like i can spot that now and be like we don't play defense that way anymore like we yep. play better defense now than what i saw out of that defense and that defense has a lot of nfl talent on it yeah so uh i was just kind of shocked at how much tennessee was able to kind of tear up the the cal defense um the vaunted cal defense with so much nfl talent and all those guys that are you know kind of like etched into cal lore uh, and then I was also surprised to see how electric and all the hype around the Cal offense. And they're like, Jeff Tedford is super excited about this class. And I'm like, hell yeah, he is, dude. You know, like Shane Vereen, job at best. Like, like, and I'm not going to do it justice, but there's so many guys in that, that class of 07 with us that ended up, you know, going to the next, like getting to the next level. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, damn right, he's excited. And then you have the misses too. Like you see Brock there, and you see, um, and these other guys like that just didn't pan out in that sense. And I, I like revisited everything. I went to the point where I was like, damn, like what went wrong with the Tedford era? How did he miss on four straight years of quarterbacks? And like, you know, like all these yeah. things of like, oh, if that was just a little bit different. And um, so, anyways, back to your original question because I'm totally <laughs> rambling. Uh, yeah, the first half was as fun of a first half as you could possibly watch so anybody the recruit the recording is on youtube it's on cow bears archive um and it's pretty solid quality and just a tremendous first half probably about an hour and a half of your time 
uh, unless you got really good at fast forwarding like me, but <laughs> super, super fun. Yeah, I mean, let me. I'm just going to run through some of the notes I took while watching the game. Like, first quarter, like, the kickoff is to Arian Foster, and the two guys that make the tackle is Mike Muhammad and Javid Best. <laughs> like, that's Javid's first, like, college play is is tackling Arian Foster on a kickoff return. Like that's <laughs> I did not realize that until what rewatching this now. <laughs> so that's super yeah. funny. Uh what what else? Like Follett's tackle on Okay, let me ask you this. You since you watched the game, if this game happened in with the modern rules, right? Of like targeting and, and all that stuff, um and late hits and everything do you think Follett's tackle on Ainge would would be considered targeting? Mm. Only because he led with the head would I say, yeah. But from the perspective of like, you know, I, I don't think it was a dirty tackle, but boy, is that a hard hit. Like ESPN was ruthless. Yeah, They were showing that replay over and over and over and like that announcers didn't even care. It took till three minutes after where they're like, Hey, that was a pretty big hit, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Kirk's like, Yeah, it was a really big hit. Like, wow guys, are we watching the same thing? Like literally looked like his back is broken, but that's not the subject of conversation back then. These days it'd be like, Oh my lord, what a hit you know, like and like, Oh, I hope everybody's okay because we're really sensitive to that now. Yeah. But back then it was like, oh yeah, rah rah rah, football hit hard, blah. you know, like we don't care. None of this, uh, you know, head trauma stuff has really made its way. So it's funny to see that difference too. And I think the hit, yeah, because you're leading, you're kind of like launching into the quarterback. Yeah, with the not crown of your launching, helmet, but crown of your helmet. I think that probably gets called. I think the call was spot on. I, mean, I think it was a fumble. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that it was a fumble, uh, and. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then Williams takes the fumble just to the house. Um, you know, the thing I didn't know is that is that's that's actually my next point is that Oral Williams was actually the replacement to Desmond Bishop. Yeah. I I had no idea. Yeah. Which that was that was a little cool thing. Um, and then of course Eric Berry seeing him as a freshman and his first game is at Cal and like where he is as a professional football player and how good he became like you know the rest is history but. It's like insane. And then of course, tree sitters. Tree sitters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, going back and seeing tree sitters and like them like interviewing the tree sitters. Zach running wolf. Uh, yeah. Oh man. That was yeah. great. It was, was great. it was at, you know why it was so great? Is because <laughs> Brent Musburger clowned on the tree sitters. I do remember that scene where he talks about World War One. Yeah, he's right? like, oh, oh yeah, and he's like, actually uh, you know, World War One was before 1923, so you might want to check your dates there, Zach. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, Frank Musburger, when he had a brain. <laughs> Goodness. Um, yeah, so if, so if people don't know and don't know what we're talking about, like, they did, like, this intermission, or they did, like, this feature on uh, the, the tree sitters, and they were talking to one of the guys, and one of them said, uh, you know, this is uh, a World War One memorial, and this is, like, where my, like, ancestors are buried. Um, and then Musburger, after that feature's over, just comes in with the whole, yeah, but no, that happened way before this. So, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, so. this, this can't be a, a World War One memorial for you. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he just like moves on with the, and it's just, it's just such a, such a, like a trolling burn. And it, I was, I was shocked that Musburger said that on the air. Like it's, it's, it was good. It was it great. Was so good. It's great television. Yeah, yeah. And the two of them have such good chemistry on camera. Yeah. Uh, like you know, I. That's why I loved playing the NCAA games too, because like the commentary in the games with Herb Street and Musburger were like actually good. Yeah, it was um, always good in those in those NCAA games. And Herb Street was rocking the um, what is it like the. What do you call them? Like glazed tips or something like that? Frosted uh, tips? Yeah, yeah, the frosted tips. Oh, yeah. gosh. I was like, oh, yeah. Kirk, yeah. that was not a good look, buddy. Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> mid, the mid to late 2000s look. Ooh, brutal. I had that in middle school, but, man, I wasn't Kirk's <laughs> age. So I was not Kirk's age. Yikes. Ooh. All right, yeah. let's take a quick pause. All right. 
then we got to go to our sponsors. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Are you thinking that right now, Rob? I don't know. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. Rob, do you play just blackjack at all? I do not. Okay, well, I am terrible. <laughs> so, all open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices if you want to be miserable, and even the weather. Uh, visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online. Your, wait, your online wagering experts. And we return to talk about the rest of the game now after our, our bet online. If Andy, let me let me ask you this. If you were a betting man going into this game, would you have bet money that Deshaun Jackson would return a punt return for a touchdown? Um, was I age 18 at the time? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I didn't have much money. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I would, I would think, like, it's so funny to think because now I would have the inside edge because I know I know Chris would have told me. He would have said, dude, this dude's going to take one back. So I would have heard the whispers from the team. But back then, no way. I would have no idea. I mean, I knew Deshaun was dope because we went to the, uh, you know, back in the day, they did the fall practice, and then yeah. they had the final fall practice where they invited the fans in to actually watch the final fall practice. And then all the players walked out of that practice up the steps and then back into the locker room. So everyone got to like give high five. So like gave high five to Deshaun. I was telling my friends like, oh shit, I got a high five from Deshaun Jackson. Like this is crazy. I mean, I just remember like that's what it brought back to me. I used to idolize these football players. Yep, so, like, same here. Yeah, like when I walked in the door working with the team, I was like, oh my god, dude, like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> look who it is. Like, these are the, like, I would idolize them. And I was an athlete, and I still idolize them in that way, <laughs> you know? And, uh, like, shout out Ernest Owusu, who had triplets, by the way. Congrats, Incredible. Ernest. Incredible. Um, but yeah, like, all these guys that we knew, it's just, it's just so funny, like, seeing it now, because I think it, it's a little, it's transitioned for me. It's like, obviously, because I'm freaking 32 now so like <laughs> that'd be weird if i was like oh your college athletes are amazing but like still it's uh it just brought back a lot of that it's kind of like almost like awestruck admiration yeah. um it, it was very fun yeah i mean i still have a picture of uh i think 18 year old me and deshaun jackson after at like some fan festival are uh what's it the first week that we moved into the dorms, they did something at Memorial where like you got to like talk to all the players and Tedford was there and they gave you know, they knew everyone wanted to get a picture, like talk to Deshaun, so they put Deshaun under like a canopy and a desk and you got to go get something signed or like if you wanted a picture, like stand next to him and get your picture taken. So my parents were here with me when they were moving me in, so we went to that and my dad took a picture of me with Deshaun. Um it's somewhere in the depths of my internet albums uh but yeah i mean i'm totally with you like i we idolized all these guys and it's just weird to think like we like i even idolized like javid best and he was like the same age as us <laughs> like yeah. he was he was in that he was in the same like year of us like he was a freshman at cal when we were freshmen at cal like him and shane and all those guys um so you know like it's it's crazy to think about uh but back to the game at hand when you rewatch that Deshaun Jackson punt return in the second quarter, does it? It still gives me goosebumps. Um, like when he's standing back there, I know what's about to happen, and it still takes my breath away on what he does. Like, what are your thoughts behind like that moment in Cal history? I think that I'm trying to. I'm looking at my notes because I'm like wondering if we skipped over some stuff before yeah. we got to that point. Because like. Arian Foster, all right, let's just, I'll just run through these real fast. Yeah. Sorry to just like rewind real quick. <laughs> but like uh, Arian Foster on that quick pass outside 
uh, and the Tennessee offense was just operating fast and it was complex, mm-hmm. and our defense was just behind. Uh, and then Aaron Foster just juked three Cal defenders. It wasn't like it was an open play. He absolutely just worked. Three Cal defenders got in the end zone. It was unreal. And then there was a quote that I really liked that I think Musburger said, which is like, Cal is a tough team with blue-collar kids who run the ball and play tough football in the trenches. And yeah. I sort of feel like, I wonder, you know, had an open question. Like, why do you think we ever left that era? I don't know. Or not, sorry, not that era, but like with that mentality. That mentality? Maybe it's because, you think maybe it's because we switched head coaches who had a totally different offensive, like, philosophy? Yeah, I think it's easy to look back now, obviously, like with hindsight, and I can just criticize all I want. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where it almost seems like Sandy did a really good job of kind of picturing where the future of football was going into being an offensive-driven league because it's totally gone there. Yeah. But then disassociated kind of like what the core of Cal, of Cal football lore had become in that identity and so now we're kind of like at this point where we're trying to blend, a, do a better job of blending both of those. But we have way more of that like classic Pete Tedford era kind of mentality with this team in 2020 today than we did, uh, you know, at any point in time from like, you know, for the Dykes era. So it's just really interesting. It was really interesting to reflect back on that. Yeah, most definitely. I, I totally agree with you. Um, and then, yes. But yeah, go the on. return. We're there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just want to say, like, not even talking about the fact that Deshaun, the Musburger call is top of his career. Top of his <laughs> career. Just shake and bake. The Wizard of Returns. Oh, baby. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who is this guy? Like, it's just so it's so funny. I mean, compared to the Raider games where he's like calling touchdown touchdown Bears when they're playing the Chicago Bears and the Raiders scored a touchdown. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyways, what did you think? I mean, it's still I still have a vivid memory of seeing that happen from the student section, um, like in my head, and I just still remember that that one move. That where he he does the step back and the defender just shoots right by him, and I've tried to mimic that move on Madden on NCAA countless countless times, uh, where he just hit the juke where he hit the juke stick down and it does that little hop step back. Out of my years of playing video games, I have yet to fully nail one where a defender just shoots by, mm. and. That happened in real life. <laughs> like <laughs> it happened in real life. And he just you just see him do that. And I think the moment he does that that juke is when he knows, oh, I've got this. Because he turns on the jets immediately and heads heads to the sideline. And then he cuts back inside. And you see all the, the guys blocking. And the the crazier part about this or the funnier part is that you see Chris Conti at the very end lay down a block that just just destroys the Tennessee uh, special teams dude. And that's the final block uh, before Jackson is free, I think, at like the 15-yard line until he gets into the end zone. And it's just, man, goosebumps. Goosebumps. Yeah, goosebumps. Goosebumps. Yeah, Uh, I feel like exactly. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe if you played um, Madden 04 when you had Michael Vick, that was the big year, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. If you hit the L1, R1, that was back in the day, you know, PS2. <laughs> yeah, yep. Oh, yeah, you get that little whoop. <laughs> but uh, his ability to do that, I still have a hard time processing how you could be running at full speed and still have the athleticism to then move backwards and stay on your feet and then, like, it just... And, and be looking up. It's one of those things that's it's almost like watching it on television is just doesn't do it justice because if you ran out into a park and you try to repeat that on your own, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do it a hundred out of a hundred times. I mean that's like a, that's like three ACL tears. 
exactly. like you only have you only have two ACLs, but somehow you tore a third one doing it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, I mean, I guess we can move on from that and just kind of drive this conversation forward. Like, and then Javid's first touch. Yep. Exactly. Fif- 15, 15 plus yarder. Like, was that like twenty? It was. It was a dude electric, and yeah. then just the hype. It was all the hype. It's just yeah. hype. It's like they're like, oh, this Cal class and Java the Jet is here, and like, just wait. They say this guy gets a hole, he's gone, and then boom, he's gone. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness, and they're just like, this offense, this offense is crazy. Like, is anyone going to stop him? Like, what is going on? I mean, I just never heard this broadcast, so it's like. To hear it and hear how much hype. I mean, we were 12 in the country, and so yep. it's justified. 12 beating number 15. I mean, yeah, just the man, just listening to the broadcast of how hyped people were about this Cal team, just like, just put, just emphasizes like my memory, right? Even more that like this was arguably like the most fun I've had at Memorial. Like that. I think if I were to if I were to rank seasons, no matter how the OC has been season turned up turned out, it was still arguably like the most fun I had at Memorial altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, as as a complete season, and it's I mean one of the it's because of the hype too. It's because of just the crowd. Yeah, just how incredible it was that entire season. And then you talked. You know what I loved about watching this was the fact I think. Um, I can't remember which podcast it was, but it might have been recent when you talked about when they would send people up when we would score. And then I look in the student section and it just brought back this memory of like when we would be in the student section. I wasn't that game, but like in future years and we'd be like, send them up, send them up. (laughs) (laughs) We would just lift up one of our friends and be like, later. (laughs) And they would float up. And like that was a tradition. And you're totally right. Like we don't do it anymore. Yeah, and those are, I mean, I distinctly remember you would send people up regardless of whether they wanted to or not. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> you who just... are we sending up? And then you just see people like, anyone that's kind of on the smaller side is like cowering away. They're like, not me, not me. We're like, you, get you, over you're, here. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> you're done. You're done. Um, it's like you're, <laughs> and then it takes you forever to get back to where you were. You have no because idea where of you just, are. Yeah. yeah, just the amount of people that are there. Yep. Um, oh, man. Man. Um, all right. I mean, I guess we can kind of push push forward in the, later in the game. Like, I, I, I can go into my third quarter notes. Like, did you have any other things from your second quarter notes? Uh, just one. You know, Phil Steele was the, I, like, guy who was the college football expert. He still might be. Um, and they said it on air that Cal had a tough schedule. And uh, the reason why they weren't picking Cal to win the Pac-10 that year was because the schedule was going to wear them down. Yeah. And I was like... Oh, dude, you <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. Like, nailed it. And uh, that was just, it was sad. <laughs> it really, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, because we know how the, how it ended, right? Yeah, because we know how it ended. And then also, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to ask you this, is like, was this not the sort of evolution of the elite Pac-10? Pac-12, I mean, as we knew it, as we know it, where you have this SC that was obviously already good, but this was the year that Oregon broke out and became Oregon and started to become this real problem. And, like, all of a sudden, you know, like, it just... And then Stanford quickly to follow. And then all of a sudden it was like our schedule never got any easier for 13 years. (laughs) 13 yep. years and at the time UCLA was a tough matchup too so uh, it was um, yeah what do you think yeah I think you're absolutely right I think um, we in terms of like our program trajectory this I dare say this was probably like the pinnacle year for Tedford and it it was just a slow decline from that point like we never we never fell off a cliff until that final year of Tedford but like it was just the the standard of every year kind of just dripped dipped a little bit a little bit a little bit a little bit while Oregon, as you said, started exponentially skyrocketing. Stanford with that slow climb, and then a kid named Andrew Luck just 
you know, totally transforming where that program went. Um, SC staying where SC was un- until Pete left. And, you know, like it just, the rest is kind of history. Yeah. Um, and then we became the Pac-12, you know, after, you know, after what, 2012? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it was weird. It was weird seeing the Pac-10, like, emblems on jerseys. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was weird Brent, when Brent Musburger was talking about how, like, the Pac-10 is a round robin. You play everyone in your conference. And I was like, wow, that that definitely was the case. We don't do that anymore. We don't play every single person that's in our conference anymore. Yep. Um, just little things like that. Just super, super nostalgic. Um, but, I mean, moving on to the third quarter. Uh, the, the Okay, here's my key point that I recognize from the third quarter. How was all our offensive weapons that elusive? Yeah. Like, how? Like that Robert Jordan touchdown yep. where he, like, hops into the end zone? Yeah, it was Like, how, ath- how athletic and elusive he is? Like, Lavelle Hawkins, whenever he has the ball. <laughs> anytime. <laughs> anytime he has the ball. It's just he's And then, like, there was that Deshaun Jackson catch where he, like, stops and looks back for a second at a defender. Yeah. And then he, like, takes off to the sideline, like... Like, holy crap. <laughs> These but, guys were not only athletic, but, like, just their awareness and their, like, like just elusiveness was just off the charts. I think at the same time, the, the thing – so you had this, like – and that, like, this is the crux of this, of this team. It was weird watching this game because I feel like you could see the entire 07 season play out in just one game was that this offense was incredible at times, but then it would just disappear. Mm-hmm. And it would disappear fast. And Longshore would get inaccurate. And past, like, past, like all of a sudden, you know, Tennessee starts coming back. And our offense is three and out, three and out. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's what the Tedford era was like. We would have those just dead runs where just like nothing would happen after mountains of success and it was just really interesting for me to see that because you have those electric plays so the highlights show you man this seems electric but the game tape says yeah but they can be stopped too and that was really interesting because i sort of didn't you know remember that as well yeah i think you bring up an exact point and that actually might be the crux of this season is that Basically, halfway through the year, luck wasn't falling our way, and we started to make mistakes. We started to not get those electric plays enough to sustain us, and I think that's kind of what other teams figured out towards the end of our schedule, and we just never recovered because that was our identity, right, Um, in terms of our offense, and it just we just couldn't figure out another way to do it. I mean, it's kind of like... It's kind of like those air raid teams or those teams that are like, you know, hell bent on, you know, long, deep, deep threat plays. And if you stop them, like they're still going to go to it, even though they haven't, they didn't connect on a single one that in that specific game, because that's part of their identity. I kind of felt like that was with us is we're expecting Deshaun to break out at a certain point or Lavelle or just our, our four set. Um, and it just there were games that that just didn't never happened mm-hmm. um and that's what resulted in some of our losses towards the end of the year yep um you know to note here you brought up Rulon Davis earlier and i i'm going to be totally frank and honest here i had never heard of him until today <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm not kidding you and I'm, of course of course this is way before like i delved you know um, head first into the world of college football, but like I loved his play this game. Yeah, I absolutely loved how he played this game, and I had no idea about his back. Of course, I didn't know who he was, so I didn't know his backstory. But like, you know, Musburger was talking about how he's like a former Marine who served in Baghdad. Yeah, um, and he's like now a college football player. I was like, wow, we we had one of those guys. Like, I had no idea we had. Yeah. One of those guys that, like, you know, was an armed forces, like, served member, and he came back, like, after doing his, you know, country service and, and decided to, to go to college and, and do the college football route. And I was like, man, this guy, this guy can play. And yep. he's athletic and yep. he's fast. Uh, 
um, kind of reminded me of uh, Devontae Wilson a little bit um, in terms of just like a size build and what, what he did with his body. Um, but yeah, I I was he actually might be one of my like favorite players in the 07 team now <laughs> because of how I saw him play against Tennessee. Hey, yeah, he played he played super well. And that fourth, I think what you're talking about is that fourth down play where we yeah. have the goal line stand. Yep. And then so the the play uh before that, he is in on the tackle, I think, that ends up dropping the running back and then on the fourth down play, um they run Arian Foster, who's just been out of this world and absolutely ridiculous all game, to the outside, and we throw a D end. We throw Rulon Davis on him, say cover him. <laughs> that was his assignment. He rolls out and uh, it covers the flat. Not only covers the flat, but they also tackles Arian Foster just for the hell of it. Would have had it, <laughs> even if he caught the ball, would have been a tackle and you know fourth down stop. It was just yes, yeah, great defense. It was great defense. It's fun. Fun to watch, and yeah, that was an awesome stop. And we needed it, man. That was yeah. just such a closer game than I remembered. I just didn't. I mean, that was a big stop. And then the other thing from the third quarter that surprised me was Deshaun Jackson apparently dislocated his finger and popped it back in. <laughs> like, I, I had no idea that happened. <laughs> I did not know that it was dislocated. Because <laughs> they go to Lisa Salters, and she says that um, – Deshaun told her that after he got up, his thumb was facing in a direction that it wasn't supposed to be facing. <laughs> and he po- he said he popped it back in and it feels a little sore, but he's going to be all right. And that's what apparently he told Lisa Salters. Clearly, that means it was dislocated and he popped it back in and then they taped it up. Like, I had no idea that happened in that game. Mm, I love it. Oh, my all goodness. All right. There's one thing that happened in this game okay. that could almost, I would be shocked if you guessed it. But this was the most surprising thing of the second half for me. And it has nothing to do with football. Nothing to do with football? Nope. Wow. In the second half. Uh, the people that were sitting on Tidewad Hill? Ah, so good. How did we miss that? Not right, but good enough. Okay. <laughs> I love that segment. Dude, once again, Herb Street and, and Musburger, gold, gold, like 10 out of 10 on this broadcast. And they're like, be careful up there. You might get arrested. And then Herb Street's like, it looks awfully hazy. I was like, you stoners. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All of those have been way over my head freshman year uh, until I got really introduced to the real Berkeley life. And it was just, yeah. So that was so. That was such a good segment, and like I just love that they did that. It's just so fun, and like I it like really captured the college spirit in a way that I just I'm gonna sound super old saying this, but I just don't see that anymore because like yeah, you, you don't, know, you just don't. You honestly don't. Yeah, so uh, it wasn't that, but that was such a good moment. Uh, really glad you called that out. <laughs> the my favorite moment of the second half was when they cut to the bush. NASCAR series. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the minor leagues of NASCAR that they cut in the middle of a college football game for. That's how popular NASCAR was at the time. I mean, just because it was in California, right? Dude, no, NASCAR was huge in 07. in seven. That I mean, was like, it? yeah, it was so big because ESPN had all those contracts. So oh, that's uh, right. So they yeah, would... they had the Jeff Gordon uh, Jeff Gordon NASCAR video games too. Mm-hmm. I do remember those. That was just, they're like, oh, it's the Bush series. And then they're like, did you watch the Bush series? And like, man, those cars go fast. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Here's one more thing that I noticed in the, in the second half. All right. And it was after Forsett runs that 13-yard touchdown run mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. And he goes back to the sideline. And the camera cuts to him on the sideline. And it's not of him celebrating. Do you remember what it is? No. It's Ron Gould basically grabbing him by the shoulder pad and, like, yelling and pointing into his face. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, he had done something wrong on that play. Um, And it's, like, pointing, like, at him, then, like, at the end zone and, like, pointing at him. And it was just one of those, like, wow, like, he just scored for us on a 13-yard run. And Gould is still coaching him up. <laughs> like, 
that to a senior. A senior. Like not even like Javid or, you know, any of the younger guys. It's it's the senior guy that was uh Marshawn's backup for for God knows how many years. Yeah. That uh Yeah, that's such a good call out. I, I did see like Ron Gould on the sideline and I definitely miss having him on the sideline. Um, but did you notice uh, on, on a similar tone, this will be my last thing, Robert Jordan scored a touchdown. Did you notice the celebration that he did? Because he, he goes to basically the, like the, the first like row of fans, right? Yeah, exactly. And he does something. He does something. I don't remember what he does. What was that thing? I don't know. <laughs> he did the family first. Marshawn, you know, because uh, him and Marshawn are related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the right. family first uh, celebration. And I just thought that was awesome. Which is now the name of Marshawn's foundation. Yep. It's great throwback. Great, great throwback. I mean, I guess we can close out this game and in this segment with any closing thoughts you had on this game, just rewatching it and like what it, what this game like meant to you as like a as like a fan. Man, if I haven't done a good enough job in 50 minutes of explaining that, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, let's let you like you take you take control, Rob. What did this game mean to you? Attend official attendance for this game, according to the stat book, was seventy two thousand five hundred sixteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, imagine. Let me let me take you on a little journey here, Andy. All right, imagine you've lived overseas your whole life. All right. You've never seen a football game in person. You've never seen a football game on TV even live. The only interaction you've had with American football is via radio on your drive to school by your dad um, on the American Forces Network at about 7 a.m. every every Tuesday, which would mean it's Monday Night Football on the radio. <laughs> um, that is your only – that and maybe getting the Monday Night Football game on, on American Forces Network – on Tuesday night um, is probably your only connection and watching highlights on the ESPN Sports Center segment that also airs on American Forces Network. That's the only connection you ever have to American football. You come to college, you have no idea what college athletics or um, college fo- even college football is about. And you end up at this place called Cal. And of course you buy season tickets, you're hyped, um, you're ready to go. And you enter the football stadium for the first time with all that emotion in you of like, this is like my first like American football game. And you see 72,000 people in Memorial Stadium all yelling, go Bears. Just imagine, just imagine the shivers and like the awe and the smile on that kid's face, right? That was me. Like, what this game means to me is beyond the score, beyond the highlight reels, beyond all of that. It's it's the fact that this set the standard for me in terms of what a Cal game should be like. It set the standard for what, like, you know, stadium ambiance and feel and atmosphere should be like. Um, and it also set the tone for me as what I should be striving for as a Cal fan. Like... Mm-hmm. This is the types of moments I want this program to be. Like, these are the types of heights that I want this program to be at. And I think that's what triggered my love for this team, this university, this athletics program, to the point that it is. And it's crazy to think that this was the game that did it. Um, and, like, this is only the this is the first time that I had seen this game on TV as after all of the football knowledge I've absorbed over the last 13 years. So... Like, that's what it means to me. Um, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible game to rewatch. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't, <laughs> now's a good time to watch. Now's a great time to watch. Because it um, uh, introduces you to, and we're young, I mean, on the side of yeah. Cal fandom. So there's a lot pre this. But if you want to get to know, like, the last 13 years of Cal fandom, this pretty good place to start this is a really good place to start um i think yeah i think that's a good way to end end this 
segment. Uh, we did have a few questions, and then there's some also some like announcement type things that I wanted to to share out. But we got some questions about this. Josh, our friend Josh from Daily Cal, the editor in chief of the Daily Cal, I might add, <laughs> uh, sends us this message. He says, "Why is Robert Jordan so underappreciated as part of Cal's history?" Man, he's not under he's not underappreciated in my book. I I will stand by my statement. This wide receiver group is still by far my favorite wide receiver group I have seen play at Memorial Stadium. Mm. Number one, number two, and number seven. Arguably still my my best, I think most talented and best trio of wide receivers at Memorial ever. Period. So for me, he's not underappreciated. What do you think about this question, Andy? Well, he's number three there. Is he underappreciated? I mean... He is, though. He, I think he is a little underappreciated because everybody would remember Lavelle Hawkins. Everyone remembers Deshaun Jackson. Everybody remembers Keenan Allen, Marv Jones, even some of the you know Bryce Traggs, Eric guys, Trevor Davis, uh, even Kenny Lawler. But Robert Jordan just doesn't ring as much as maybe it should. Um, but I like what you said. I don't think I could point to a receiving group that is as decorated or as good as the as these three guys. You know what the funnier part is is that these guys all together, including the tight ends from this group like Craig Stevens and Cameron Mora, yeah, had a better NFL career than Goff's best wide receiver group. Yeah. Oh yeah. For so, sure. like that alone for me tells me that like just like that's. That's why I like this group more. Honestly, it could just be that he didn't have as much of a celebration. Lavelle Hawk, you know, the Hawk. Yep. Everyone did the Hawk. Everyone did the Hawk. Jordan should have been the crying Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should have been the, you know, step back. I don't know. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I guess we'll move on. Another guy sent us a question about this about this rewatch. Is that Benjamin Castle on, on Twitter asks us... Uh, also, what do you think would have happened to that team, to this team in particular, had Longshore stayed healthy? Uh, I don't know, man. I That's think we might have been eaten if. up like the same exact way. Yeah. Uh, I have, I after watching this, am sort of like wondering, like, you know, Tedford kind of lost himself in this whole thing of like, should he be the play caller? Should he not be the play caller? When I worked with the team, Ludwig was the play caller, but there's always sort of this back and forth and like, he didn't know what to do, and he never kind of got back to that easy media that what worked at Cal. Yep. He got yep. it back at Fresno State, but with us. And so when you look at Longshore, can you definitively say that Nate would have been any better than what we got out of Kevin Riley? Was, was it not Kevin Riley? It's like, I thought he was pretty good. And yep. um, so I think, I think that's the big question for me is, is – is it more – I would probably have more doubts about the offensive system than I do about you know whether or not Longshore stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, you and I both remember that Armed Forces Bowl game and just the, the performance that Riley put on that game. Yeah. Right, and that's immediately where I was like, all right, I think we have our quarterback of the future. Like that type of performance, we hadn't seen Longshore do that type of performance in '07, and then Riley puts pulls that off, and it was just it was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, we have two more things. We have a, a one, actually. Before we do that, we're gonna cut here for a little moment because we want to give our friend Josh at the Daily Cal a little time to talk about um, the Daily Cal and the struggles they're going with through this virus and school uh, being out. So here is Josh and we'll be back in a second. Hi folks, this is Josh Ewan from the Daily Californian. It's good to be back on the BearCast once again. Um, I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and practicing social distancing during this tough time. Um, In light of COVID-19, Uh, The Daily Californian is currently facing um, some financial constraints. Um, Our advertising and sales are struggling a little bit. Um, 
but we do hold a very important um, responsibility as the, as the paper of record for both the city of Berkeley and the University of California, Berkeley as well, um, to continue producing our content and keeping the public informed. Um, so we've, we've been reaching out to some folks and um, the folks over at Right for California have been very gracious in, in helping us get the word out. Um, please go to donate.dailycal.org backslash donate um, to provide support to our publication. Um, no amount is too small and we, we really appreciate everybody's um, ongoing support um, of our publication. Thank you so much for, for your, your support. Go Bears. I'll send it back to Andy and Rob. And so, yeah, if you can help out Josh with what everything he said in the Daily Cal, uh, they're, you know, some of those guys and people that work there are, are dear friends of ours and they're good kids. And so if you could help them out, spare some time, spare a little bit of money, um, greatly appreciate helping out, you know, a student-run organization on campus. So please do that. And I guess to wrap up, uh, some people asked, were there any uh, recommendations you guys had? to pass the time on this quarantine. So you have anything that you want to share with the folks that are listening to this to see if they have any, you know, thing that you could, that you're doing that they could possibly do. Um, yeah, to pass the time. I mean, I'm blessed with uh, a job that keeps me pretty busy during the days. Uh, but you know, what my wife and I have done is, like we just got some outdoor furniture that I'm going to build. So I've been building a lot of stuff. Um, so I've done that as a way of like getting time in the sun. So we're obviously lucky enough to have a backyard. It's not huge, but we have one. We get sun for about an hour, uh, from two to three. So I'm really <laughs> eager to get sunlight, like direct sunlight. Um, and I, I did that today. Just kind of went outside and laid down for a little bit. Um, it was great. So I think doing small things that can kind of, you know, just get you outside. I know the next two weeks are sort of looking like they're going to be really tough. Um, so it's just a matter of like finding the little things that, you know, knowing and taking the time to know yourself and know what you need to kind of like make each day worth it. But I can't say that I'm doing the best job myself. It's just a matter of like, I know that I need to be on some sort of like fitness. So yoga or a spin class. I know that I have to get outside with my dog for at least 45 minutes and I know I have to meditate. And if I do those three things in one day, I'm probably going to end up okay. If I don't, I'm probably going to end up feeling pretty anxious. So what, it's just kind of leaning into things that you know. And then I also set a ton of limits on my iPhone. I set limits on Chrome. I set limits on Twitter. I set limits on texting so that I don't just take all this extra energy and invest it into my phone. Uh, and I think that's been helpful for me. But you know, that's just what's been good for me. Uh, and so hopefully maybe it's helpful to somebody else. That's great. What about you? Uh, uh, I've been spending a lot of time like watching like sports documentaries and stuff on, on ESPN plus a lot of 30 for thirties, like rewatching and just having them in the background as I work. Um, like that's been super helpful. I'm super looking forward to ESPN today announced that, uh, the schedule for, the Michael Jordan documentary that's been hyped over the last uh, few months, years, um, a 10 part series. I think it starts on April 19th. So I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. They said it's a two episodes a week, I believe on ESPN. Mm. So that's something to look forward to. They said there's a whole bunch of footage there that has never been like shown. So I'm hoping crossing fingers that maybe there's some footage from that um, infamous uh, closed door scrimmage uh, from the dream team um, that, you know, all those pros have always talked about. So that's, that's one I started. Uh, I'm halfway through Kobe's uh, like, it's not like a children's book, but it's like a teen book called the, the Wisner series. It's like a te- It's about a basketball team and like a coach and all that. So um, the second book actually released yesterday or today, today, I believe it's today. Um, so I'm halfway through the first book. So just going through that. And then I'm, I'm also reading just a crap ton of other books. Um, some like West coast offense books. Um, I'm like almost done reading Kirk Goldsberry's sprawl ball, which is about, um, like three point shooting and the changes that's created to the NBA. Uh, and I think that's it right now. And I'm also playing a lot of animal crossing. So (laughs) 
building up my island. Um, and, you know, if everyone wants to visit my island, just slide into my DMs. I'll give you my friend code. Um, I have native peaches to my island. And, uh, yeah, um, that's that's pretty much that. I guess the last thing is, on top of what Andy is doing, I think keeping in contact with your friends, um, either by Zoom, like Zoom Hangouts, texting, phone calls, um, and all that stuff super helps. Like, I'm thankful that I have a bunch of friends that I can call up, chat anytime I want, even Andy, just text him whenever I want, and I'm, I know I'll get a response from him at some point doesn't necessarily mean i'll get one right away but at some point he'll respond uh so you know just little things like that just to keep you know your social activity up and you're not you know driving yourself into a corner and being alone i think anxiety and loneliness and just that is is going to get more prevalent as you stay at home and, and work from home so trying to alleviate as much of that as possible and if if that if you're only out is uh via twitter and doing that with people by all means, tweet at me. I'm always down to, to you know do conversations via Twitter. Granted, it might not be quick, instant messenger like, but I'm always I'm always happy to respond. So you can always do that. And then of course, playing games online with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, recently, we found a website that does code names. Yep. Horse. Paste. So a bunch. Yep. Horse paste. So a bunch of my friends, we uh we did like a Zoom thing and we played code names for a couple hours and then Jackbox games are always fun um if you have friends to that either one of them has the game or one of them can stream it or put it on uh, google hangouts like a screen share that's always super fun too so just things like that i think uh i think definitely help out um andy last question for you before we head out on uh discord uh roberk asks talk about why king's canyon and apex is a better map <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wait, on the Cal Discord? Our our Discord channel. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. No, Kings Canyon sucks. I can't stand it. <laughs> uh but we don't have to go down that path. <laughs> I play a game called Apex and um they have two maps and Kings Canyon was the first one and for some who knows why reason they decided to put king's canyon back into the range format and i can't stand it <laughs> my kd has just been plummeting because i am trash at that map but the map's so bad anyways uh for another night when we do a video game pod we can discuss that much further why not why not all right um that's it for us you can find me at rob 11 hwng you can find andy at andy j beast mode to find us on all your podcast services if you're listening to us already then you already know uh, and you can find all our written stuff at the newly created writeforcalifornia.com and with that as always go bears go bears <laughs>